America's number one show on pop culture and politics. This is The Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. It is the great day where our political class, our journalistic class, everybody in the country who has a microphone or a means to go out and talk about it is talking about the unspeakable horror that occurred yesterday in Uvalde, Texas. Uvalde is a town of just 16,000 people. It is overwhelmingly uh, Hispanic American, uh, Latino. I don't want to say Latin X. Uh, the killing uh, yesterday, 19 children, uh, maybe more. Uh, two teachers killed by a gunman. Uh, the gunman's grandmother murdered. Uh, the in entire story which is coming out in dribs and drabs, uh, just calls out with a very, very powerful voice to the whole country, do something about this. Do something about this. I was thinking this morning uh, when I got up about Columbine because that was really the first of this series. And all of these stories seem to have common elements, and they have common elements in the reaction. The reaction is always, this can't go on. We have to stop it. And yet it goes on, and it goes on, and it goes on. Columbine, you know when that was? It was April 20th, 1999. Okay, it was the last century. It was the last millennium. It was a long time ago. We're talking about 23 years with literally hundreds and hundreds of school shootings. A uh, little item by state. What state has the greatest number of school shooting incidents? Uh, California. Since 1970, California has uh, 229 school shooting incidents. These have resulted in 86th deaths. Texas is the second highest number of school shooting incidents with 175 and 69 deaths followed by Florida with 115 incidents and 29 killed. You know what's shocking about that? Those are the three largest states by population, and they're ranked right in the order they are by population. Are there any states where school shootings never occur? They're unheard of? I don't know of those states, which is why... This desperate need that people have, and it's a sincere need, and it's one that I share, and I have the same emotion as everybody else, there has to be something we can do. It's not possible or acceptable, I mean, even for a moment, to say, okay, this just happens. There are other countries where it doesn't happen, certainly not as frequently. Yes, there have been school shootings in China and in Russia and in Britain, Actually, several in Britain and Scandinavia, but not every week. Not this incident, 10 days after that. Uh, and it's not even 10 days, is it? Is it? Yes, it is. It's 10 days after the Buffalo Nazi uh, came in to kill black people. There appears to be no racial motive in this. And this is the difficulty, is that um, we were talking 10 days ago not about the mechanics of what happened in the supermarket because supermarkets haven't been a particular target. We are talking about uh, 
the the hideousness of using what is called replacement conspiracy theories or the great replacement and the way that that warps minds and turns people into murderous racists at least in some occasions not that everybody who uh, embraces that theory or embraces that point of view is going to become a, a deadly killer but at least one individual did and he by the way is now alive and he surrendered and we will learn something about his motivation and how he came to it but the killer yesterday, Salvador Ramos, uh, he died. By the way, these two guys were both wearing body armor, and which allowed them to be more prolific in their killing. Uh, is, is there something at least strange and peculiar about the open sale of body armor for... For what purpose? Two 18-year-olds? And uh, both of these murderers were 18. Uh, and by the way, Salvador Ramos had just turned 18. He had bought his guns, his two guns he was very proud of on the Internet. He had bought his two guns, two AR-15-style uh, rifles. He had bought them on March 16th which was uh, either the day after or his birthday, which is when he was legally buy, allowed to buy them in Texas. Uh, there's a statement by President Trump, uh, none that I've seen about the results in uh, Georgia, which uh, were not pleasing to President Trump, but he is going to be speaking in person to the big AR NRA meeting this weekend. Uh, it would be better for the NRA. It would be better for the Republican Party. It would be better for the United States of America if they postponed the meeting. No, really. Because right now, again, people are reaching around for some kind of leadership, some kind of guidance, unless they are planning to come forward with a meaningful kind of reform regarding background checks for everybody and real background checks and uh, and basically going forward with that and going forward with that before the election because uh, Chuck Schumer basically has said uh, no people are going to decide this issue when they vote he wants this to be a voting issue for people because Chuck Schumer knows the overwhelming majority of Americans believe in some sensible gun reform. Is that going to stop school shootings? No, it won't stop school shootings. Is it possible that it would reduce the number of school shootings and the frequency of these school shootings? Sure, that's possible. Uh, 19 children, two teachers killed. It was on uh, award day at the school, just days before summer break. The hero was a Border Patrol agent. How did that work out? We'll tell you a little bit about that. And the shooter, an 18-year-old teen, uh, bought two AR-15-style guns on his birthday. All the victims were killed in the same fourth-grade classroom, and apparently he announced his intentions. This is something that was explained by Governor Greg Abbott of Texas. 
the killer announced his intentions on the Internet and Internet messages that he had sent some to strangers, which is very peculiar, uh, saying he was going to kill his grandmother. He then did. Then he had sent another message saying, I just killed my grandmother. Uh, then he sent a message saying, I'm going to, and he mentioned the elementary school, and he headed there. Why was the Border Patrol involved in this? The hero of this story, who I don't believe has been identified yet um, by name, but was a uh, member of an elite squad with the Border Patrol, he was off-duty. And he had heard an alert where law enforcement people were needed. He was not far from the scene. He and some of his uh, Border Patrol colleagues rushed to the scene and rushed into the heat of the action and took the killer down before he could claim any other lives. Uh, that's uh, somebody who uh, Americans should thank, as we thank law enforcement, yes, including Border Patrol agents who have such a difficult, thankless job. Uh, it's uh, exactly the kind of heroism that Americans should appreciate. What about the confrontation between the Democratic challenger to Governor Abbott and to the governor of Texas in the middle of a press conference? There was no shooting, uh, but there were certainly uh, a, something of a verbal duel. We'll play it for you and uh, more about the background of the shooter and your thoughts on what can be done coming up on the Medved Show. 1 800. On the Michael Medved Show, uh, the uh, World Population Review lets us know that uh, European countries have had their share of school shootings although not as frequently as in the United States or Canada. These include eight in Germany since 1913, uh, one in Lithuania, one in Sweden, 1961, three since 1967 in the United Kingdom, none after the 1996 massacre, three in Finland since 1989, Two in the Netherlands, 1999 and 2004. One in Denmark, one in Hungary, two in France, 2012 and 2017. One in Estonia, uh, Spain, uh, one in 2015. At least five, five in Russia since 2014 including events in May and September of 2021. One in Crimea, which also is part of Russia now, they say, that in 2018. And one in Poland in 2019, but no deaths. Uh, now, okay, with that perspective, with the uh, leading other nation for school shootings recently, for the United States, between Columbine and uh, which is 1999, and today in the last 23 years, 169 dead in 14 mass shootings at U.S. schools. Uh, we have a problem. It's a national problem. It's undeniable. It is perhaps insoluble in the ultimate sense. You're never going to make the kids as entirely safe as we want them to be. 
But certainly we can do better. Uh, certainly we can do better. And I think about this for a moment. I was talking about it with Jeremy, and he's right. We, we had the, the unspeakable horror of uh, September 11th, 2001. And as a result of that, we made airplanes some of the safest places on Earth. Really, I know, I know, they have these stupid incidents where people refuse to put on a mask or they drink too much and they act up on an airplane. But in terms of death or injury on board airplanes, hijacking uh, or acts of violence on airplanes doesn't happen. Why not? Well, first of all, because you can't get on an airplane. It's pretty well guarded uh, with... Um, uh, by all kinds of metal detectors, and you're not going to get on an airplane with a gun, certainly not with a long gun. Should it be impossible to make schools as safe as airplanes? When you talk about the number of airplanes and the number of schools, uh, there are a great many, many airplanes that go up every day and are inspected every day and checked out, and there are security systems there. Shouldn't it be possible to do some kind of major focus like that so that the space in a school where we entrust our children and our most precious resource, shouldn't it be possible that we can have the same expectation that we have that no one's going to get on a plane with any kind of firearm? That same kind of expectation that nobody's going to get anywhere near a school with any kind of firearm, uh, let alone the kinds of firearms that were brandished by this particular killer. I mentioned, uh, we'll go to President Biden's speech because he was, um, again, he was emotional. And uh, the president, I think, makes a stronger impression when he's emotional. And uh, we will get to that. But there was another emotional encounter this morning. Uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott was giving a press conference about the shooting with a lot of new information about the uh, killer and his background and things like that when he was interrupted by Beto O'Rourke, former congressman who is now uh, the presumptive Democratic nominee running against Governor Abbott for re-election. The election is this November. And Beto O'Rourke interrupted the press conference and uh, said this. This is clip 13. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Sit down. You're out of, you're out of line and an embarrassment. Hey. Sit down. No. He needs to get his ass out of here. This isn't the place to talk to this over. This is totally predictable when you. Sir, you're out of line. Sir, you're out of line. Sir, you are out of line. Please leave this auditorium. It would come to a deal like this to make a political issue. It's only like you. Why don't you get out of here?
Okay. Um, again, uh, the uh, uh, Beto O'Rourke was yelling about the First Amendment. It does not give you the right to interrupt a formal press conference by the current sitting governor of your state. Uh, and uh, Greg Abbott made a follow-up comment after uh, police officers and others had helped to escort Beto O'Rourke from uh, the room. Uh, here's, um, here's Governor Abbott's follow-up, clip 18. There are, there are family members. There are family members who are crying as we speak. There are family members whose hearts are broken. broken. There's no words that anybody shouting can come up here and do anything to heal those broken hearts. We all, every Texan, every American has a responsibility where we need to focus not on ourselves and our agendas, we need to focus on the healing and hope that we can provide to those who have suffered unconscionable damage to their lives and loss of life. We need all Texans to, in this one moment in time, put aside personal agendas, think of somebody other than ourselves, think about the people who were hurt, and help those who have been hurt. Okay, so how do you do that exactly? You do that most of all by trying to assure people that at least the chances of this happening again and again and again will be reduced. Uh, there's more about Beto O'Rourke than continuing outside after this confrontation. More from Governor Abbott, President Biden, Donald Trump, and more. We'll be right back. 1-800-955. On the Michael Medved Show, uh, the confrontation between Greg Abbott and Beto O'Rourke, the uh, two candidates for governor, Republican governor and Democratic challenger, that election coming up in November. Uh, Beto O'Rourke was escorted out of the room as the governor continued his press conference. And he had a press conference of his own with a uh, eager and willing press. He was emotional, as he usually is. Uh, Beto O'Rourke, former congressman, sounded like this. Uh, this is 13.5. Why are we letting this happen in this country? Why is this happening in this state? Year after year, city after city, this is on all of us if we do not do something, and I am going to do something, and I'm not alone. The people of Texas are with us. The majority of the people of Texas are with us, but we've got to stand up to this or we just accept this theater and business as usual, and we accept the next shooting. We could have stopped this if we had stood up after Santa Fe High School, if we had stood up after El Paso. We are going to stop the next one. We're standing up right here in Uvalde, Texas, right now. That's why I'm here. That's what the people of Texas want right now. That's what we're going to focus on. Wait, are there Okay, uh, again, it's probably unfortunate for him to use the term stand up so repeatedly, and he said it a number of times when he was inside the room and afterward. Why? Because, uh, uh, come on, it's just a little bit 
I mean, Governor Abbott's in a wheelchair. He uh, he had a uh, an accident where a tree fell on him when he was jogging, and he was a serious runner, gifted runner years before. But he is uh, a a paraplegic, and uh, he he basically does cannot quote stand up. So that's a little bit of a tough tough situation. And then uh, uh, when he says, we could have stopped this. Okay, I'm not sure how exactly. Uh, On the one hand, you look at this thing and you think that an 18-year-old young man with all kinds of red flags, all kinds of red flags, which we'll go into later, should have been stopped from buying these guns on his 18th birthday. I mean, that makes no sense at all. But... Is anyone certain that this could have been stopped by that, by making it, it, it certainly could have reduced the likelihood or reduced the chances. But to say so broadly, we could have stopped this, this could have been blocked, this could have happened. Uh, you could say that about all of the thousands, literally thousands of murders that we have in this country. And by the way, they arrested that New York subway shooter prolific criminal out on bail. We, we'll get to that later. Uh, Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, sort of having a debate between with a big wall between them, uh, had this to say about real gun laws in Chicago and California and New York. Uh, this is Governor Abbott, clip 88. There are, quote, real gun laws in Chicago. There are, quote, real gun laws in New York. There are real gun laws in California. I hate to say this, but there are more people who were shot every weekend in Chicago than there are in schools in Texas. And we need to realize that that people who think that, well, maybe we just implement tougher gun laws, it's going to solve it. Chicago and L.A. and New York disprove that thesis. And so if you're looking for a real solution, Chicago teaches that what you're talking about is not a real solution. Our job is to come up with real solutions that we can implement. Okay, uh, and what would those solutions include? Well, certainly to cut this down, it would include uh, what are called red flag laws. David French, a great conservative analyst, has a passionate piece in favor of red flag laws that are worth considering. But there's also a question here. Why are school shootings so rare in Israel, where guns are such a common sight? And guns are such a common sight in Israel, not because many people have guns. Israel has far lower gun ownership than the United States. It's that uh, with everybody going into the army, with uh, military service being just about universal, when you're off duty, when you're home with the family for Shabbat, for instance, uh, you're not supposed to go out unarmed and uh, uh, when you're on active duty. And so a lot of those guns that you see in Israel, it's active duty military. And because... Those active duty military, who knows, could be a target otherwise. But in any event, 
there's a piece that appeared in 2018 Washington Post it said uh, when students parents and teachers pleaded with President Trump this week to act against school shootings they cited Israel a place where guns are a familiar sight but where school shootings are unheard of during a meeting at the White House on Wednesday one parent correctly noted for instance that it's difficult for outsiders to even enter an Israeli school most schools maintain only one unlocked entrance that is typically staffed by an armed guard but the schools have escaped American-style violence in large part because of measures to confront Israel's unique security challenge and not because of efforts to deter troubled youths and lone madmen. The guards are there for other reasons, mainly terrorism, said Amos Shavit, spokesman for the Ministry of Education. He said the guards stationed at schools are under the authority of the police. In large cities, he said, the police and the local authority carry out security patrols around the educational institutions throughout the school day. There are no metal detectors. Uh, there are no special door locks on classrooms and by policy teachers are not armed professionals deal with the security Shavit said not teachers Israeli security experts also say that gun violence is rare in Israel because privately held guns are so rare according to data from Israel's uh, Ministry of uh, Security they uh, uh, they say that uh, according to data from the Ministry of Internal Security which registers all gun owners about 260,000 Israelis, or about 3.5% of the population, have permits to carry firearms. Half of the permit holders are private citizens, and the others work for security firms. At the uh, White House meeting, Carrie Gruber, whose son hid in a closet during last week's shooting at uh, Parkland, Florida, correctly pointed out that Israel has tight age restrictions on private gun ownership. According to an Israeli government website, civilians must be over 27 to obtain a gun license, although those recently released from military service are also eligible. Israelis serve in the military from age 18 to 21. But I know this because of my nephews, who are military veterans. Uh, if you want to own a gun, you have to explain a special need for it, a special reason for it. Uh, rather than simply saying that I, I want to keep my gun after the military. Um, look, this is, uh, I, is this instructive about handling schools, making the campuses much less accessible for people who don't belong there? Uh, obviously, that's part of any solution, shouldn't it be? And also part of the solution does involve... A, a tougher ability to uh, get guns. They 260,000 guns in uh, private hands in in Israel, a nation of 10 million. Uh, that is such a tiny percentage compared to the United States, where we have uh, we have at least a third of all American households, probably more, have arms. And uh, we also have a situation where they now say there are 400 million guns in private hands, more than there are people in the country. So what is it about the shooter that should have gotten that red flag attention? We will get to that and more, uh, plus your calls, 1-800-955-1776. More of Michael Medved in a moment.
I can uh, pass on to you a um, correction. Uh, there had been news reports everywhere that the shooter in uh, Uvalde, Texas, had been uh, wearing body armor. And that is not true. He was wearing a vest uh, that held his ammunition, and he had a great deal of ammunition for many more rounds with him. But it was not uh, body armor. The body armor was worn by the uh, the killer in Buffalo. <laughs> how, how quickly we forget. Uh, just uh, 10 days ago. The uh, uh, situation concerning uh, President Trump's statement, he uh, made a statement today that he still intends to speak at the National Rifle Association's annual meeting in Houston, which is uh, later this week, Friday. It's just two days after a gunman killed at least 19 students and two teachers in a Texas town less than 300 miles away. Trump, Texas Governor Greg Abbott, and the state's junior GOP Senator Ted Cruz came under scrutiny for being slated to speak at the pro-gun event on Friday, even as more than a dozen families grieve their lost loved ones who were killed at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde. Uh, Trump said on his app, Truth Social, America needs real solutions and real leadership in this moment, not politicians and partisanship. That's why I will keep my longtime commitment to speak in Texas at the NRA convention and deliver an important address to America, he said. In the meantime, we all continue to pray for the victims, their families, and for our entire nation. We are all in this together. Trump earlier in the morning said the elementary school shooting is a moment in time that will never be forgotten, and he extended his grief and sorrow for the victims of the mass slaughter. So hard to think or report about anything else after watching the Texas school massacre, which took place yesterday, Trump wrote. Thank you to the great wisdom and bravery of our law enforcement professionals and condolences to all who are suffering so gravely with the loss of those incredible souls so close to you. He concluded, no words can express the sorrow and grief of this absolutely horrible event. It is a moment in which time in which will never it's a moment in time in which uh, will never be forgotten and uh, that uh, was President Trump's uh, sem summary on uh, his reaction the uh, uh, is it possible that he will make some dramatic news speaking to the NRA and talk about areas where actually we can move forward with some uh, common sense reform, reform about red flags, keeping guns out of the hands of uh, criminals and crazies, and uh, also perhaps making our schools themselves more secure. Because uh, as much as we need to improve education. And according to some new reports, may have actually made some progress in improving education over the last decade or two. Uh, we need to improve school security, which should be doable. Uh, the Let us go, if we can, to uh, Kristen in Tacoma. You're on the Michael Medved Show. 
Thank you for taking my call. I, I just wanted to say I listened to President Biden last night, and I, I really feel like he missed an opportunity to unite the country. And I say that because, you know, everybody in the country was on the same page yesterday, that this was absolutely horrific and basically prima facie evidence of mental illness. There's no other, there's no other explanation for shooting up an elementary school. But instead of harnessing that and using it to try to unify the country, um, he used it to divide and, and just regurgitated the same talking points about gun control. So, you know, um, it's too bad because it feeds the divisiveness. And, you know, he, he could instead, if he, if he was really serious about trying to find a solution to this problem, I think that you know, he would he would organize many groups. When I look at these kids that are doing this, they're, they're almost always boys. They're almost always teens or early 20s. It speaks to social isolation and speaks to mental illness. And yes, it speaks to access to weapons. It's all of it. But they, you know, they could get a group together and they could look at this, look at school safety, look at the unused billions of dollars that schools got for COVID relief that remains unused. There are so many things that could be done. Look at mental illness, look at red flag laws. But instead of trying to bring a bipartisan group together to look at all of these things, we devolve back into the same old, oh yeah, you know, we have to take the guns away from everybody. And, and I know that that will never work. Thank you. No, you're entirely correct, and I think that uh, the the idea that people do feel that uh, there is a threat to their own personal law-abiding, safe firearm ownership, that's one of the the real impacts that uh, backfire and regularly backfire. It's why it's usually after a school shooting or something like this where there's a huge clamor for more gun regulation that more and more people actually purchase guns. That's part of what has happened in a number of our recent incidents. Uh, let us go to Sid in Atlanta. Sid, you're on the Michael Medved Show. Yeah, thank you so much, Michael. I appreciate it. Um, I think that those um, those senators who, um, who refused to amend the second constitution will probably lose their job because of the second um, second constitution. You mean the second um, amendment? I think, uh, amendment, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think that, what's the name, um, it's embarrassing that um, many people come to this country, whether in the past or in the future, will say that, hey, I've learned in this country. I went to college in the U.S. You know, many smart people, you know, even politicians came to school. In the in the U.S., but we have a curse. You know, it's embarrassing for um, foreigners to send their kids here. Now we have a curse, and the curse is the Second um, um, Amendment. And but, here's here's a I don't think anybody thinks that like red flag laws uh, or limitations on gun purchases that does not violate the Second Amendment. A total ban on guns where you're not allowed to own guns if you're a law-abiding citizen for your own defense, that would violate the Second Amendment. That's at least what the Heller case suggests. 
but you don't really have to uh, amend the Constitution. And that's not because amending the Constitution is so difficult. You need three quarters of all the states, and that's both houses of the legislature. And you need two-thirds of the House and two-thirds of the Senate, so good luck with that. Uh, but I think that what you're saying is uh, correct, that uh, there is a perception that one of the reasons that uh, the United States has this problem with mass shooting is because the kind of gun regulation that you have in most other countries is uh, n not as sensible or consistent here. Uh, I, Sid, always appreciate your call and uh, your point of view. Uh, Wall Street Journal, just breaking the news, the Texas school shooter had no known mental health issues or arrests. Only advanced sign from the gunman were Facebook messages shortly before the shooting, according to state officials. The gunman who killed 19 students and two teachers in an elementary school in Uvalde, Texas, yesterday, wasn't known to law enforcement ahead of time and had no documented mental health issues and no known arrests. The first warnings of violence came in the form of Facebook messages shortly before Salvador Ramos, 18, shot his grandmother and proceeded to rob elementary where the mass shooting took place. Ramos wrote on Facebook, I'm going to shoot my grandma. Then after doing so, he posted, I shot my grandma. Texas Governor Greg Abbott said less than 15 minutes before arriving at Robb Elementary School, he wrote, I'm going to shoot an elementary school. It, it says something about the nature of the insanity and the evil that he displayed that he wanted to proudly announce this ahead of time. Uh, and after he announced it, first on the scene, a uh, heroic border patrol agent. We will uh, tell you a little bit more about that. We'll also talk a little bit about the world of politics, a, a far more lopsided result in many primaries than people had expected. I mean, the governor of Georgia uh, won renomination by a three to one margin. That and more coming up in This Greatest Nation on God's Green Earth.